Welcome to the On The Whistle podcast. My name is Alistair Howarth. This month is the 2022 Women's Africa Cup of Nations taking place in Morocco and On The Whistle will be at the tournament bringing you the latest news, analysis and interviews as the competition progresses. To keep up with everything, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at OTW underscore podcast, as well as on YouTube and Facebook under the name On The Whistle Podcast. First up, we did a very special interview with Tottenham Hotspur and Morocco star Rosella Ayan. I want to hear a bit about your story. You know, you obviously you grew up in England, um, but you kind of qualified to play through Morocco through your father, right? Um, yeah. You know, growing up, was there any kind of Moroccan flavor in the household? Kind of like, what was it like growing up? Uh, growing yeah, of up course. There? I mean, my dad is born and bred Moroccan. He... Um was born in Casablanca. I still have family out in Casablanca now. Um, Morocco has a very special place in my heart. Obviously, I'm still in and around. I go to Casablanca as much as I can to see my family. And, you know, I grew up playing for England youth, um, but it gets to a certain point in your career where you need to make a decision and it's not an easy decision of, do you want to push on and play senior? Uh, football on the international stage and that's one that I definitely wanted to do um, obviously growing up with England youth it it taught me a lot but I think when I spoke with where Morocco is going as a nation and what they're wanting to achieve and obviously with it being such a special place in my heart it was just a no-brainer to just go on and do it and um, if I'm honest I think it's probably one of the best decisions I've made in my football career so far it's up there with one of the other ones but I have nothing bad to say about it I've enjoyed every camp the girls are great the manager's great and the federation seem to be backing us um, positively so you know good decision I think nine months ago ten months ago whenever it was mm-hmm. oh amazing that's great to hear I mean what was that process like did they approach <laughs> you or how did that how did that actually happen Um, If I'm honest, I was actually, it was three or four years ago, my family and I were speaking and, you know, playing for Morocco was obviously an option because of my dad and my mum's Scottish, so Scotland was also an option and I'm in and around the the England youth teams and it um, was one that I considered three or four years ago, but obviously I was a lot younger, um, just weighing up my options and then I think one of the Moroccan scouts reached out to Uh, my agent and just said that they'd love to invite me down for a trip and I think at this point it would have been a trip where if I decided that it didn't work I wouldn't have been necessarily not capped but you know when you can't go back from a different nation um, I don't think that was going to be an issue so you know I had nothing to really lose going down and seeing how the country is, how the team is, et cetera. And um, I'm really thankful that they reached out because of, as I said, it's it's been great. Yeah, and I mean, you've had a pretty stellar start to your Moroccan career. Was it five, five goals, six goals in seven games or something like that? Seriously yeah, impressive my stats, numbers. my stats are okay right now from Morocco, yeah. <laughs> and what, was it a goal in the first, first minute of your debut? Yeah, like that. it's still wild for me to talk about, really, because obviously as a footballer on your debut, as a striker anyway, you always want to make an impact in your in your first game, whether that be a goal or an assist. And, you know, it's what dreams are made of, right? Scoring a goal on your debut, but for it to be in the first minute was 
pretty crazy and the feelings were rather overwhelming actually <clears throat> when I um when I look back at it but you know yes my stats and everything is is going pretty smoothly so far so I I can't complain mm-hmm. and how how have you found in terms of playing kind of how what's the difference between playing and kind of on a European level to now playing you know some African you know you played Mali and Gambia some smaller teams but you also played against Ghana and scored a brace right and you know Ghana probably the biggest shock you know of the team not being at the AFCON it's such a strong team and it's kind of a shame that they had to come up against Nigeria in yeah. qualifiers how what has kind of been the big differences in terms of you know the way the football is played or the process yeah I think um African football especially is very very physical um they're very strong they're very fast um and you know you can sense that in the first five minutes of a game and um you don't necessarily have that intense physicality in in Europe of course people are strong and people are fast but there's just an extra edge to it in Africa and you know I realized that in my first five minutes of my debut but um they're very good at what they do in Africa and you know when we played Ghana they were a great side and as you said it's it is a shame that they're not at the tournament this summer because you know they just show what African football for women especially is about um but yeah, it's um, it's a great, great tournament and one that I'm looking forward to this summer. Hopefully, that we can do well in. Mm-hmm. And kind of the process of you joining the team, how has that been in terms of integrating into the squad? You know, is has there been, you know, how is your Darijan French? You know, is has the integration been all right in terms of you know joining the squad, or how's that been? What's that been like? You know, I can't fault the girls or the management or any of the staff at all because they've all been absolutely brilliant with me. Um, it hurts to say, and I'm embarrassed to say this, but I can't speak a word of French and I can't speak a word of Arabic and that's on me. You know, I'm going to a nation where it's an Arabic and French nation and a lot of everyone on the team speaks one of those languages. And Mm -hmm. it's been tough for me because I want to be involved and I want to show my personality off the pitch. And, you know, I'm trying to pick up on French where I can and Arabic where I can. When I see my family, they try to teach me things and I'm trying to pick up on French when I'm not there so it has been tough but from the staff and the players perspective they've been fantastic they've made me feel involved they've tried to speak to me and translate things where they can and you know the main integration language situation is from me because I need to learn those languages and it's one that I'm trying to do but they've been absolutely fantastic making me feel welcome Mm-hmm. And, and you know obviously that's you know that's that's always a really tough thing going into a new environment where linguistically you're you know can't quite keep up with everyone else how do you when once you get onto the pitch though is there that same barrier or is it kind of you're playing football and, and it doesn't matter what language you speak this is what I always say and and that's why football is great football is the same language um as soon as we get on the pitch there's no real um translation issues there's no real language barrier because everyone's on the same page with the message that the coach is trying to give out and everyone's on the same page with you know how we're going to play the game and how we work hard for each other and you know it's it's mainly the the language barrier mainly comes off the pitch so as soon as we step over that white line you can't even tell that I can't speak the same language as them and it's great that's brilliant to hear and but I mean obviously you've joined the Moroccan team kind of mid-COVID and things like that have you been able to kind of interact with 
Morocco as in like as a wider country as part of the team or has kind of your experience of playing for Morocco been super like kind of really isolated because of COVID and you haven't really been able to experience much outside of that yeah no um obviously I joined bang in the middle of the pandemic and um no fans no spectators no media so that sense of it it felt a bit strange but I was used to that because obviously playing with Tottenham we had the same situation for nine months so I was used to it in a sense but that's why I'm also really looking forward to this summer I'm hoping that the Moroccans come out in force and we fill the stadiums and you know we feel the backing from everyone in Morocco and you know, it'd be nice, especially after COVID, for everyone to come out and support us and see us in real life because we have had a lot of support on social media and obviously when it's televised, we get a lot of support um, online, but it would be really nice to see that in person this summer and really feel it because in tournament football, you really do need that 12th man and with it being in Morocco, that's a perfect time for us to show them and have their support. Absolutely. I, I want to pick up on that kind of online support. You know, I, you oftentimes hear stories of, of people who kind of when they get their first national cap or they change allegiance, suddenly they have, you know, 20,000 new followers on, on various social media and they suddenly get, you know, loads and loads of people supporting. What has that been like for you in terms of online? It's been crazy, to be honest. The support has been incredible for, for myself and it was a bit overwhelming at first, as you said as soon as I played in my first camp and scored my first goal, the support just came flooding through. My Instagram actually shut down for like 20 minutes just because it couldn't take, I never usually have that. So it just couldn't take the overload of it, but yeah, they've been great. They've been supportive and, you know, I'm just hoping that that support comes to the stadiums in the summer. That's amazing. I love that. Um, <laughs> I mean, and in terms of, joining the side what has been your impression of of the Moroccan setup in terms of you know the professionalism this training facilities how has that all been when when you've linked up with the team you know I think the professionalism and the structure of how we run at Morocco is obviously going to be is obviously going to be good because our manager has played one um, with Champions League he's won best coach of the year so of course, when you're under a manager like that, with that sort of experience, and he's played himself, so you're going to get that professionalism. But with regards to the federation, I think the setup that we have out in Morocco is great. It's sort of like a, um, I always describe it as a St. George's Park with palm trees. Mm. So the Very good description. Setup, yeah, <laughs> the setup there is great. Um, of course, I think there's always things that can improve. Um, but I think, you know, when we actually sit down and look at it, where we're at at the moment is great um, with the with the nation, with the tournament this summer being in our nation. I just think that will bring a lot of eyes to Morocco, to our team. And I'm just hoping from there we can push on. And when you're successful in football, then that leads to more and more things changing and improving. So just hoping that will be the case. But, you know, for where we're at at the moment and where you look at other nations in, in Africa, where they're at, I think we're in a really good place. Yeah, I think Morocco's invested so much over the last couple of years to really kind of improve massively the women's game. Um, but I suppose we'll see if the fruits of it kind of come, come to the fore this, this summer, because I, I, I think it's gonna be a brilliant tournament. Um, I mean, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you this, 
but you know in terms of obviously the big ruling last week with the u.s team getting equal pay uh, to the men's team you know there's been a lot of chat around that in terms of how that impacts you know other countries and how that impacts the u.s in regards to that you know how do you feel about that and how do you feel like that might impact say football in the, in the uk but also in morocco and in africa you know i think first of all it's it's great that they finally got that confirmed because when you look at how successful the american women's national team has been i think they deserve everything that they're asking for because they've won major tournaments back to back they've won so many things all their players are so successful so i think what they're fighting for is completely fair and i think when other nations see that you know i always say that first of all we need the same treatment in this in the sense of facilities same backing with medical care same backing with traveling same backing with pitch quality and you know i think when you see teams pushing for equal pay it then shows that you can push for you know whether it be equal pay or equal rights or equal opportunities i think they're all things that will drive other countries and other nations to really push for what they deserve but with regards to the equal pay i think america you know they deserve that they've probably bought in so much income for the american federation and where they've won so many things you know i think it's great to see and i'm just hoping that that will drive other countries and other nations to really push for what they believe that they need yeah, absolutely. Because obviously in Africa, we have our own equivalent of the US in terms of the Nigeria Super Falcons who've yeah. cleaned up almost every single AFCON um, that, that's that's kind of happened with the exception of, I think, two, um, which is, you know, seriously impressive. But I mean, speaking of them going into this tournament, you know, how are you feeling? You know, Morocco, obviously, there's been a lot of improvements over the last couple of years. You saw, the, the, you know, the local game improving and professionalizing a lot. But Morocco still, they've never made it out, out of the group stage at, at an AFCON. You know, how are you, how are you feeling going into it? You know, I'm excited. I think, obviously, we all know that Nigeria are a force in Africa. Um, I think they're well-respected around the world as well. So, you know, it will be tough, but I think we're in a really positive place, myself especially. And, you know, the last camp was all high spirits. We obviously beat Ghana, who are another powerhouse in, in Africa. And, you know, it's gonna be an exciting tournament for sure. And I'm, uh, yeah, I'm just hoping that we can get the job done because there's also a lot up for, for grabs with the World Cup qualification. So there's a lot on the line. And, you know, when I look at it, we're in a great place and we'll be ready for whatever comes. So um, I'm really, really looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. and, and off the pitch, you know, this is going to be your first major tournament. How are you feeling about that? Kind of going yeah. into a big environment, big camp and all of that. Yeah, it's exciting. And I've never actually sat back and, and looked at that in the sense of it's my first major tournament on the senior international stage. So mm -hmm. um, I, I'm not going to put too much pressure on myself. You know, um, it's a team sport. We're all behind each other. And, you know, there'll be players in that in that squad that will be able to help me because I'm sure they've experienced other things before. And, you know, I can bring my experience from Tottenham and playing in England youth tournaments, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm not going to think about that too much. I'm just going to think about it game by game and then um, we'll go from there. Mm -hmm. 
And in terms of kind of going into it, you've, you're in a group with Senegal, Burkina Faso and Uganda, you know, particularly Uganda and Burkina Faso, kind of slightly unknown quantities in, in many ways. You know, one of the things I really enjoyed about covering the, the uh, CAF Women's Champions League was you had teams from all over the continent, but because, you know, teams didn't really know each other, there wasn't as much footage to prepare. You actually found that even though there were some of the really big teams like Sundowns and Rabat and um, and these teams, they that they struggled against some of the smaller teams because they just didn't know how to prepare to, you know, to, against them. You know, is there a sense of that? Have you been able to prepare much again for these teams and kind of do you know what to expect? You know, uh, as soon as we get into camp, obviously, we'll start preparing for these games. Um, but as you said, when you come across smaller nations or smaller teams, they're always hard to beat. And I know that because, I, you know, when we play in cups where we play teams from lower divisions, they're always hard to beat. They always have fight. They always have desire. They always work hard for each other. They're hard to break down. So... I know myself, I will not be underestimating anyone in that tournament, whether they're the best, seen as the best team in Africa, or whether they're new to the tournament and no one knows what to expect. And I'm pretty sure that everyone in the camp will take that, that message the same. And, you know, when we have played nations with Morocco that are seen as smaller nations or maybe not as developed or however people want to put it, they've always put up a fight and they've always been hard to beat. So I think we'll be going into every game like it's lose or lose or die really so win or die sorry so um yeah it's just one that we won't be underestimating anyone lose mm -hmm. or die <laughs> hopefully, hopefully not win or die. <laughs> no win or die um and, and kind of on the flip side of that are there any teams slash players that you really are looking forward to playing or you really don't want to play because you want to avoid them you know <clears throat> i think of course it's exciting to want to play against Nigeria and I don't want to say that I want to avoid anyone because I feel like we're in such a good good place and we've got such a good team and where we're at at the moment that I don't want to say that we want to avoid anyone because I believe in us. It will be exciting to play Nigeria. They're obviously a powerhouse. South Africa, the same. They're obviously a great nation. Cameroon, they come up like they've been at World Cups, they've been at, at places. So they'll all be exciting teams to face. But I think I'm really excited for the tournament because as you said, there's teams that I won't know what to expect from them. And that that makes an exciting match, you know. So I'm I'm just looking forward to the tournament in in whole. And you know, I'm just hoping we get to the final and lift that cup in front of a packed stadium. That's that would be what dreams are made of. And and you alluded to it earlier, the kind of World Cup qualification obviously the final final four qualify automatically and kind of two of the losing quarter finalists can also qualify through their kind of playoff stage later you know in your opinion how how does that change you know the way you approach it and do you like that or do you not would you prefer kind of in other regions where you just have flat qualifiers or how does it how do you feel approaching that well from my perspective it's just another driving force to reach the final you know I always say I've been saying as soon as I knew that it would be the top four that automatically qualify, that's a minimum. I'm going into this tournament and that's an absolute minimum. I said, I remember saying it to my roommate every morning when we woke up, top four minimum. I, I, I of course, I'm competitive. I want to win the whole thing. And I'm sure everyone in, in my team does, but it's another driving force to be at your best in every game because 
who doesn't want to play at a World Cup? It'll be the first time that Morocco have ever been to a World Cup, I think. So it's a real motivator for everyone. And I don't see it as a bad thing. I'm really taking it as another driving force to motivate me. Mm -hmm. No, that's that's exciting. I mean, obviously, it just adds so much pressure um, in addition to, to what you're already having to play play through. Um, yeah, I just kind of wanted to, to finally get your thoughts just kind of in a broader broader strokes, obviously, WSL and football in England has come yeah. a very long way in the last well, even just year um, you know but obviously there's still things that massively need to improve um, and you know like you said in Europe and Africa and everywhere there's you know big improvements need to have you know from the, the small kind of experience you've had with with Morocco and coming to play on the continent you know how do you think it's going to be moving forward are you are you are you quite hopeful in that things actually cross the continent and, and African women's football is really really going to be improving or how how do you feel about that yeah of course I'm hopeful that it does improve and you know I'm really hoping that you know I can't comment too much on other nations because I'm not you know I don't know where they've been or where they're at at the moment but I think Morocco as you said it has improved so much in the past couple of years and you know, it's taken the WSL a while to get to where the WSL is at. You know, I remember starting at Chelsea when I was 17. I'm now 26 and it's in a completely different space. Mm-hmm. And for something to take, you know, nine years to change, maybe a long time. For me, that's a long time to see something change. So, you know, I'm hoping that we do see change. And of course, there's a lot that can improve, but I don't want to be too negative about that because the change has been positive, especially in Morocco. I'm just hoping that this tournament will kick off change for other nations as well as Morocco. Mm-hmm. I hope to see, you know, facilities equivalent to what the men get, travel um, travel plans equivalent to what the men get, you know, just the same support. Because I always say, how is women's football expected to improve when you're not getting the level of support that, you know, necessarily your counterparts get in the men team. And I just think equal pay is great, but first we need to start by giving us equal opportunities, equal support. These things will all contribute towards players becoming the best version of themselves. And, you know, as I said, I'm just hoping that the quality of this tournament this summer, which I know is going to be high quality, will just show the African people all around the continent, the federations, the fans, that we deserve what we're asking for.